Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now... You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown and without further ado it's let's ride. It's time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is up, Dodger fans? Thank you for patiently waiting for us. I know we were gone a little longer than expected, but we're back. It's March 10th, and we're 16 days away until opening day. So that's got to be exciting for everyone. Hope you're all doing well out there. I'm joined by Ian and David. How you guys doing? Hey, I'm doing excellent. It's spring break. Uh, Just got my DJ mixer. I got Cody Bellinger's autograph yesterday, and Eternal at Tank finally came out after like three years of waiting. So it's just it's an amazing time to be alive. Yep, doing good. Just got back from spring training myself. Uh, it was the first time I ever made it out there. Definitely worth it if you've never been. Camelback is beautiful. Uh, got to see some of the Dodgers young guys play in a chill, relaxed setting. It was a great time overall. Went to some top golf. Very enjoyable time. Yes, most importantly, I got to finally in person meet the man the one and only David Rosenthal. So that was absolutely the highlight yep. of the year right there. Yep. Finally got to meet face-to-face there. It was nice. Kevin, we missed you out there, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, to see it happen. It's a shame I couldn't make it out there, but I'm the only one of us three based in Los Angeles at the moment. It's true. Thanks. So what were your guys' big takeaways from spring training thus far? What is catching your eye? Well – as far as pitching goes, it's really hard for me to make any sort of, you know, judgments on anything other than what we already kind of know. Uh, the new guys we've brought in, Gratterall, we know he throws super hard. Um, Kenley Jansen's, you know, tick up in velocity, so I'm, you know, inspired by that. David Price uh, struggled in the first game, but, man, he's just racking up a ton of strikeouts. Um, definitely earning his way, proving he um, deserves to be there. But I have some highlights so far from spring training. I'll just go over some of them. Zach McKinstry, who recently was sent back to the minors, uh, I think yesterday, he's been tearing it up in the spring. Uh, 1226 OPS, very high slugging percentage. 
with the 26 man roster, he's potentially a guy that, you know, with these performances, say he does well in the minor leagues, wouldn't be surprised to see him up soon. Uh, Zach Rex and Cody Thomas have both been absolutely raking. Zach Rex has been getting on base at an amazing clip. Austin Barnes really acting like he wants that uh, starting job. God, I know. Will Will Smith's struggles are not, you know, not uh, helping him at all. So I think combined with that, Barnes is looking like he might be getting at least a platoon spot half the time. Uh, Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor. Um, Chris Taylor especially. He's only played in six games, and he struck out four times in 13 at-bats. But every time he's hit the ball, he's just absolutely mashing it. Um, One of those two guys is probably going to start at second base because Gavin Lux, one we already expected, was probably going to start in the minor leagues for manipulation for his extra year of free agency. Not to mention it's a little bit easier doing that when he's not having the greatest spring. Uh, Tyler White, another guy, bench guy possibly, he's doing pretty well. Corey Seager's not slugging well, but he's getting on base at a good clip. Uh, But to me, one of the biggest things, A.J. Pollock, I never liked the signing. I haven't really been too bashful about it either. And he's hitting, you know, he's hitting like 180. His on-base percentage is 188. In 11 games, he's making errors. He can't – it's a disaster. It, he's certainly not going to be starting in left field. And if he's not careful, guys like Chris Taylor and Kike are going to push him to basically being Robert Sacre of the Dodgers. So that's my takeaways so far from spring. Yeah, I mean, Ian covered a lot of what I wanted to say. Yeah. The thing that jumped out to me the most is uh, definitely the pitching. Uh, super encouraged from Kenley Jansen. Uh, he looks like a different pitcher out there. He's throwing a lot harder. He, you know, he's confident. He's tweaked his delivery a little bit. Uh, his five innings so far have looked very good for the most part. Ten Ks in five innings. Uh, I finally got to see my guy Blake Trinan debut. Uh, that was on Saturday. He looked pretty solid. He said he had a little nerves. Uh, pitching for the first time in uh, Dodger Blue, but he looked good. Uh, Alex Wood has been okay, uh, not great, which is, you know, but he's for the fifth starter, you know, he's it's spring training. He's still getting his legs under him. Uh, Arias, aside from that one scary injury uh, to Calhoun, he looked really good. Joe Kelly's been good. Everyone's been good for the most part on the pitching side. David Price was awesome uh, his last start. Uh, so, you know, everyone's been talking about the Dodgers offense, but I think this Dodgers pitching staff is going to, you know, go, go toe-to-toe with the offense. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, I, I got everything I, I, I needed to see. You know, I got everything I needed to see I saw. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited for this year. I don't think they have any weaknesses on this team, uh, aside from possibly left-handed relievers. Uh, but, again, it's just spring training. Uh, so let's just let it all play out, see how it goes opening day. Uh, and let him let him ride yeah that's some really good stuff guys perfect segue to the first question Ian brought him up and I only need a one-word answer if you're gonna go with yes you don't need to explain but if you're gonna go with no then you can explain this is from EJL 1984 wants to know does AJ Pollock last the full season with the Dodgers no yes (laughs) I know okay why no if you would have asked me this question prior to Andrew Friedman making the Mookie Betts trade, I would say absolutely. But this front office has shown they're throwing out the script, and this team is not doing what it's just you know used to doing because they wouldn't have made the Mookie Betts trade, and they wouldn't have gotten guys like that before the season. They wouldn't have brought in David Price. This team is committed to putting out the best product on the field. And I'm sorry to tell you this, A.J. Pollock is not the best product on the field. In fact, he's going to lose his job. The L.A. Dodgers not only have Jock Peterson still, who – Potentially, maybe he's the one that gets traded. He has a lot more value in a free aging year. But 
Clearly, they wanted to hold on to him. They have Jock Peterson to play against righties. Against lefties, by the time Gavin Lux comes up, you're going to have Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez, two very competent platoon players that are going to be duking that out. And based on what I'm seeing right now, Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez are on another level above A.J. Pollock. I think they're better fielders. I think the stats back that up. They can clearly hit better. They can hit lefties okay, better. Okay, okay. But you said <laughs> Pollock's not going to last the season. He has no trade value. Where is he going to go? They're not going to DFA him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And also, with that being said, he could build some value. I think the Dodgers may end up attaching a prospect or two because they know Mookie Betts is going to be at, done after the season. They might have to attach – they have such a deep farm system, they might have to attach something. Um, but I would not be surprised if he gets traded uh, to another team. They eat a little bit of the contract. The other team eats some contract. They pick him up. Maybe a team like a – God, I don't know uh, – just spitball in Kansas City, Pittsburgh, somewhere along all those right, teams. All right, let me let me get a word in here. <laughs> okay, so Pollock, obviously he's he's performing extremely terrible from every aspect. But you got to realize they don't need much of anything from him. If he's not going to perform, he can sit on the bench and come off the bench as a right-handed hitter, which is something the Dodgers lack. Uh, so there's no urgency to trade this guy. I mean, last year he hit 266, 15 homers, 47 RBIs, and he was hurt. Uh, for a lot of the year. Uh, he came back and started playing well. Uh, obviously, the postseason was an absolute disaster. Uh, but in terms of expectations, they don't, they don't expect much of anything from him. So if anything, he's just an expensive bench guy who they don't, they don't need to trade. Uh, you know, at the worst, he's a pinch hit right-handed bat off the bench. And at the best, right. you know, we get what he was in Arizona for a few years. So I think you just, you just hold Pat. Uh, you give him some at-bats here and there. Uh, let him get out of this funk, whatever. Obviously, he's feeling a little of the pressure. Uh, so I think you just you just let it ride. Uh, don't give up complete faith in him. And, uh, you know, worst comes to worst, you just keep him on the bench. All right. By no means do I see him getting traded early. But, I mean, if they're going to want to make some money to pay bets. So. That is way too much time on A.J. Pollock. I'm sorry. I should never, I should never have brought him up. <laughs> Let me just say, I want to give a very short answer because that's how it should have been for this one. AJ Pollock is going nowhere, and that's not because he has trade value. He sucks. I'm just going to put it lightly. He sucks. No team wants him. He has a terrible contract. He's basically the position player version of Scott Casimir. One of my bold predictions last night was you're not going to see AJ Pollock start 81 games for the Dodgers, and I think, like David said, he's just going to end up being a very expensive bench slash platoon player. All right, yeah. so other guys that I really wanted to talk about, this has to do with pitching. It was kind of an area of weakness I mentioned maybe a pot ago. Left-handed relief pitching, and boy, has Adam Kalerik looked awful. I would not be surprised if he starts the season in AAA. What does he have? A fifteen forty three ERA? Yeah, it's been bad. Caleb Ferguson, on the other hand, I feel like most of us were very high on him. Has looked really good in 4.1 innings. Hasn't allowed any runs. And Scott Alexander, another guy who's actually Caleb been... Ferguson hasn't allowed a hit. There you go. Or he hasn't block. even allowed Not a one hit. base runner. David's yeah, right. I mean, he looks like he's, he's going to be a lock for the team, especially with Kalerik's struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Scott Alexander. left-handed depth. Alexander with a three ERA. I guess he's looking like potentially the other arm in the bullpen to start the season with uh, 
what was it Victor Gonzalez? Is that his name? He got sent yeah, down. Yeah, just assigned to minor league camp. Yep. So unfortunately, Alexander, who you guys can share your opinion on him in a second, but I'm just done with Alexander. To me, he's kind of like that girlfriend who's cheated on you multiple times, and you just don't want to go through it again. I, I just don't trust him, and I think it's going to be another bumpy road in 2020. I mean, I think Alexander's an even better comparison to a girl on Twitter that just won't leave you alone and no matter how much, you know, let him follow you and don't want to block him. But, yeah, I honestly, I look at this Dodgers bullpen, and it's obviously the best pitchers are right-handed, Jansen, Kelly, Trident, Baez. They may not have a need at the beginning of the season for more than a lefty in there. You know, Pedro Baez dominates against lefties. Kenley Jansen, Joe Kelly, Blake Trident are all capable pitchers that can get out left-handed bats. With this new three batter rule, the lefty specialist is going to kind of go by the wayside a little bit, causing guys like Kalerik, possibly guys like Alexander to go to the wayside. Caleb Ferguson, he's proved he's earned his spot, but this new batter rule, you know what, it's changing things up. The way teams like to structure lefty, righty, righty, lefty in their lineup, you're going with your best guys. And honestly, their best guys are mostly right-handed, so I really don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, they'll figure it out. They got plenty of options, the miners, uh, you know, their, their farm system is stacked. They can trade for a left-handed reliever at any time. Uh, this is not going to be a, a serious issue, uh, especially with Ferguson pitching well. Uh, so I think, and, you know, I, I think eventually Wood, Alex Wood will be bumped to the bullpen. Uh, so that gives you a longer relief, relief guy uh, left-handed wise too. Right. Let's talk about starting pitching real quick since Alex Wood was brought up. Dave Roberts just announced the opening day rotation. I believe it was yesterday morning. Clayton Kershaw was named the opening day starter. He has eight strikeouts and 4.2 innings. I don't really have an issue with Kershaw opening day because he's been on the team as long as anyone else. He's their ace. Greatest pitcher, arguably, in Dodger history. As long as he's not starting game one of a playoff series, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yep, couldn't add any – I mean, exactly what you said is how I feel. Game one, I want Walker Buehler in the playoffs. Game one of the regular season, you could honestly start. Joe Kelly and I wouldn't care. This team's going to win the division by 20 games. I don't care who starts opening day. This is a respect move. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kershaw, he's earned it, and he's continued to earn it. And it's not like it's, you know, a charity case. He's, you know, put out a very, very solid product on the field the last couple of years, and he deserves it. Uh, Bueller will get his turn, uh, but there's no reason to not give it to Kershaw for the time being. Right. And then Walker Bueller, followed by David Price, who's also looked really good in spring training. We can talk about him more on another episode and what we predict his season outlook will be. Then Julio Urias. We'll see how long he lasts in the rotation, but for now he is the fourth starter. And Alex Wood, rounding it out, he is the fifth starter, although he has a 6.35 ERA in limited sample size so far in spring training. And I do think he will be the guy to get bumped out of the rotation down the line, whether it's for Dustin May or it Ross Stripling May. or Tony May. Gonsolin. You know, Tony, we haven't talked about Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin has looked incredible this spring. He's only pitched in uh, three games, uh, but it's five and two-thirds innings, no runs. And uh, three hits. So they're going to – I don't know how you keep him off the opening day roster, honestly. I see Gonzalez being part of the opening day bullpen, especially with Jimmy Nelson's health. Yeah. I, I don't see how you can keep him off, honestly. I mean, he's done everything that he, they've asked of him. Right, yeah. Gonzalez has to be there. they got to stop snubbing this guy. He's the most underrated pitcher in this staff right now. 
looking really good. And he showed it last season. He pitched phenomenally against the Yankees and the Cardinals. I think Gonsolin is ready. Yeah, and he's not like Dustin May, where he's where Dustin May, I think, is 21 or 22. Gonsolin's 25, so he's a bit more seasoned, a bit more experienced, and I think he's uh, you give him the nod in, on uh, opening day roster. Right. No need to manipulate Gonsolin's time, just like you said, the age. Yeah. Here's another question from Oscar Vargas, a Dodgers lowdown member. Shout out to him at 2Roscoe94. Which position is going to be the least productive for the Dodgers? Well, I think that's an easy one. If, I think it'll be catcher. Because we haven't seen Smith, you know, live up to, you know, what the magical start he did. Uh, everyone knows how I feel about Austin Barnes. I don't care about his spring training. Uh, so I and, – and factoring in that every other position on the Dodgers roster is, is stacked. Uh, you know, you're going to get Muncie. You're going to get Turner. Seager, I think, is going to have a big year. Second base, you'll get a ton of production from three guys. Uh, you know, Bellinger bets and then left field, you're going to get Peterson, maybe Pollock, maybe Taylor Hernandez. So every, every position, but catcher, you're going to get a ton of production. Yeah. Catcher as well. I mean, defensively, you'll probably get plus uh, defensive run save catch framing with Austin Barnes is good. Smith is capable, but um, as far as the offensive side goes, I, I don't have the highest of expectations. Just, I really hope Will Smith builds a better rapport with pitchers this season than he did in the short time last year. Right. Yeah, and they can afford it. You know, they don't need a ton of production from catcher now. You know, you have Mookie Betts to make up for all of that. And that they just pulled that out of thin air. I'll round it out with catcher as well. I don't know if that was a big surprise. I've kind of been <laughs> harsh on the Dodgers catching situation for a while now. I, for one, actually like Austin Barnes. Maybe I'm one of the few Dodger fans out there. You I think are. he's one of the most underrated players in the Dodgers team. I think he's a phenomenal defender. I think he does a really good job with the pitching staff. When Yasmani Grandal struggled back-to-back postseasons, Barnes was right there, got everything back on track. They lost to some teams in the World Series, but those are asterisks, so can't really blame that. And last season, the Dodgers were smooth sailing with Barnes behind the plate. And, yeah, Barnes had no – was no help with his bat, but the team was not losing games. It was like fans got bored with their success, so they wanted a scapegoat when they were losing some meaningful games. So they put it on Barnes, and I just I didn't understand it. And Will Smith, yeah, I think it's not looking too good this spring training. Has, he's hitting 143 with seven strikeouts. It's about a 33% K rate. I think he is going to get demoted to AAA at one point in the season. I'm just – For who, though? It could be Jose Lobotone. It could be Rocky Gale. It's, well, that's just that's just dumb. I, I mean, think, those guys, you know, they're not going to do anything serious. I mean, if if you give him, send him AAA so he can play every day and get a swing back, that's one thing. Uh, but with Kyber Ruiz not, you know, looking too hot anymore, I, I, Smith is the guy. So if anything, you got to let it. You know, well, if you're going to be patient with Austin Barnes, uh, you're going to have to be patient with Will Smith, because uh, Smith is no slouch defensively either. Uh, Friedman said a long time ago, he thinks Smith can win a gold glove. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to be patient with Barnes, you know, you got to play that goes, that's got to go both ways there. Yeah. With Russell Martin, not coming back. I, um, I, I'm just rolling with Will Smith, Austin Barnes tandem. Uh, this team, like I've said, will win the game, win the division by 20 games or more, regardless of who's catching, as long as they can play good defense. And I'm really not too concerned about offense because I've seen tons of teams win championships with poorly productive catchers. Yeah. 
I, I agree there. And I was not on that same page last year. I was on the, you know, get rid of Austin Barnes train. Uh, but this year with this lineup, uh, you know, you're going to have to show more. Uh, I'm going to have to show a little bit more compassion for the uh, offensive production of our catchers. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see who's right. How about another question? And this one comes from Darla Jimenez, one of our best fans out there. Yes. Yeah, we need to yes. send her something. At Seriously, Dar- no, we do. Darling Darla 18. Early predictions on whether or not the ball will be juiced in 2020. Uh, I don't uh, see why it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, Manfred's doing everything possible to try to get fans' attention and new fans' attention. So I don't see why he would he would unjuice the ball. Uh, the only thing I don't you know I don't care if they juice the ball. The only thing I care about is if they, they that they keep the ball consistent throughout the regular season and the postseason. When you change the ball in the regular season from the postseason, that's ridiculous. And yeah, it, it affects both teams, but that's preposterous to change the ball from uh, to, in the postseason. So I, I think he keeps it juiced, uh, but as long as he keeps it consistent, I don't care. Yeah, same here. I mean, we have one of the best lineups in baseball with the LA Dodgers. I expect the balls to be juiced. Uh, Manfred, you know, I mean, if he hasn't shown it now, especially with this Astros scandal, he's gutless, really doesn't, you know, have any sense of um, wanting to keep the game what it is. He sees it as a business. Offense brings in fans. It makes money. So, yeah, I expect the balls to be juiced. And uh, I expect us to have a lot of fun with it, frankly. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, it'll probably be the same as last year. I don't see any reason why it'd be any different. This is a longer question. So we'll just, I think the easiest way to answer this one is just give two or three guys that'll round out the, round. Uh, I can't talk, round out the roster since almost everyone's a lock. Jack at Midwest Dodger wants to know predictions for opening day rosters. So just give us a few off the board names if you have any. In the bullpen, we know who the five locks are, Jansen, Kelly, Trinan, Baez, and Stripling. I see Floro and Ferguson both making it. We need a lefty. Floro's proven also as a righty, he can handle it. Ferguson, you mean? No, no, no. Well, I said Ferguson as a lefty. Floro has proven he's, yeah. Um, And then outside of that, Gonzalez, Gratterall, and possibly Dennis Santana. I'm going to go with uh, Tony Gonzalez. He's been a Dodger. He's been to the MLB. And in the offensive side i don't see luck starting the season with the dodgers so they can manipulate his uh free aging year i see God, like a tyler white someone that'll quickly get designated for assignment um be there for a month yeah they'll, they'll put some scrub they're not gonna waste mckinstry or rayleigh or even edwin rios they'll put someone like a tyler white or they'll sign some random scrub off the street have them there for a month send them down bring up gavin lux and we'll all be happy i think uh i agree with you about lux uh, I think they'll manipulate his service time, call him up in uh, whatever it is, May or, or late April. Uh, yeah. I think I think Rios will get the nod with Beatty. So I think Rios and Beatty will be the final two on offense. Uh, no, I, think Gons- I think Gonsolin gets in. Uh, I, I'm going to say Stripling for sure, Ferguson for sure, and then either Gonsolin, Gratorol, although I think Gratorol starts in AAA. So I'll say Gonsolin gets that spot, possibly with uh, Floro or Santana. But I wouldn't sleep on Kalerik either, just because he's had a poor spring. Uh, they still need more than one lefty in the bullpen. So I think, you know, either him or Alexander will make it. Got it. Yeah, I felt like 
I had a battle between Edwin Rios and Matt Beatty. Both haven't been too spectacular, but with Gavin Lux most likely starting the season in AAA, I agree. Beatty and Rios will make it despite Rios having 11 strikeouts and 25 at-bats, but he is hitting 280 at least. The guy that I want to see get called up at some point, give me Cody Thomas. Five home runs with 10 RBIs, batting 286. Two Cody's in the outfield. I want to see that. And my man's not even like in the, I don't even know if he's top 30 of the draft, like the prospects. He kind of has come out of nowhere, seemingly. Nobody knew his name. Not even a top prospect. If he was an infielder, he'd have a real shot at making the the opening day roster. Definitely. I have my one concern about Cody Thomas is that he's slugging it, but he's not getting on base at the highest clip. So we'll see how that happens in the minor leagues. Definitely want to see some more of him, but we know he's got the power. Mm -hmm. Former backup quarterback to Baker Mayfield. Maybe Cody Thomas will end up having a better career than in the pros than Baker Mayfield. That will remain to be seen. In terms oh, of the pitching, I love that. In terms yeah. of the pitching, nothing uh, too out there. Unfortunately, I think Scott Alexander will get the last spot in the bullpen, and I'm not too thrilled. But it is what it is. He will get designated for assignment or put on the 60-day DL at some point this season. I'm calling that shot. Yeah. Absolutely. It's my concern about Jimmy Nelson as well, that this injury. Oh, yeah, you know, Jimmy he's got the Nelson. Track record. Yeah, and poor Dustin May hasn't thrown in spring training yet. He's got a side issue. Uh, you know, he's my, he's my guy. Uh, I've been his biggest fan since, since, I, you know, since, he's, since I've heard of him. Uh, but he'll get his chance. He'll get healthy. He'll start in AAA, uh, get some starts under his belt, and uh, he'll be up. I kind of feel like this Dustin May injury might be a little more exaggerated than we're led on to believe. Kind of doing what they did with Walker Buehler last season. Didn't let him throw in spring training. As the season progressed, he really started to heat up, and I think that's what we're going to see with Dustin May in 2020. Yeah, I mean, there's literally no reason to rush Dustin May. They don't need him at this very instant. Let him get perfectly fine, save his arm, let him get going. Let him use AAA as basically his spring training, and he'll be up by May or June. Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts? with spring training thus far this team um i'm not i mean i've been less interested in what i'm seeing in spring other than wanting to see the guys than ever this team is basically on a 26 man roster about 24 locks um we know we're seeing i'm not too concerned and i'm just ready for the season to start already to be honest exactly yeah i'm ready for spring to be over we've seen all we need to see uh, you know, let's let's get these guys healthy. I, I hated seeing Turner get hit on that hand. Uh, so let's let's keep these guys healthy and, and get the season going. All right. I think it's time for out of left field. I have a good feeling this is going to be a longer one. I don't know why, <laughs> but let's see. One of you guys kick it off. Go ahead, well, Ian. Do- okay, I could kick it off real quick. Um, it's not going to be too difficult of a one. Um, Flu season and cold season comes around every year, and we all get our flu shots. You know, of course, that's one advantage we do have. And we all stay clean, and we all know to wash our hands. I sure hope so, or some of us do not. But please, for the love of God, Rob Manfred, I'm asking you, because I'm seeing it in the NBA, and I'm seeing it at Coachella, and I'm seeing it everywhere else. Don't cancel or stop letting people come into games because of this coronavirus freakout. It's getting massively overblown by the media. Let's just get that out of the way first. Your chances of dying, especially if you're 
you know, a younger person, granted, even if you're older, the chances of dying are still very minuscule. Let's not let this freak out, make us go insane. And let's not start canceling games and let's not start letting people into the field. It'll be a disaster for the MLB if that happens. Um, that's more of a hot take than an out of left field, but sort of just stop the freak out. And honestly, you've got better chances of giving yourself anxiety attacks and making yourself, you know, have a heart problems and anxiety induced nausea than you do of getting this coronavirus and having something fatal happen. So relax, do some breathing treatments, wash your hands. If you want to wear a mask when you go in crowds do that, but I wouldn't freak out too much about this. And certainly a lot of MLB players I can say aren't freaking out either, but I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they need to cancel anything. I think you just, you know, you'd be smart about it put out some hand sanitizer stuff and just make sure, you know, you, you inform everyone, like if you're at risk for it, then maybe don't come. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't think you need to cancel anything, this at least ridiculous. as of now. I mean, this is like rapidly evolving. Uh, so I don't really know all the facts completely. Uh, I do think it's semi-serious, but uh, more will be, you know, learned as we go on. It's as serious as the flu yeah. every year. That's great promotional idea. Every home game, Dodgers, Reds, you name that team, hand out every fan a little bottle of hand sanitizer with the team logo on it. Maybe throw in some love tissues it. as well. Yeah, get love fans it. Like in the it. game just like that. Dodgers Maybe masks. Give, give away the masks. Ah, I was gonna say yeah. that'd be like Bape. They could be like the new Bape mask. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. There you hey, go. Dodger hype beast walking around the field. No All Coachella right. has ever been postponed until the coronavirus. What an accomplishment. Yeah. I- that's whatever. I'm not, a, I, I have no comment on that. Yep. I'm not okay. even going to stir. My out of left field. So I'm here to erase the stigma of men taking baths. Baths are great. They're, they relieve stress. They relax your muscles. They're, you just go in, you know, after a long day and you just soak up a bath. And, you know, I don't get why it's more of a, a female thing for the most part. Like, I'm a huge bath guy. I take baths when I can. Uh, and I, every time I'm done with them, I come out feeling refreshed and relaxed and no stress. Uh, so I, I think people need to take more baths, uh, men specifically. Uh, it, it, I mean, they're, they're magnificent. And I, I don't get why it's not more of a thing. Uh, you put in some Epsom salts, some like lavender drops, coconut oil, whatever you want to put in. Soak in the bath for 20 minutes, and I promise you, you'll feel better than when you first got in. Second part, staying on the bath, bath uh, topic. Why, don't, why do people use regular-sized bath towels? There's this thing called a bath sheet, which is basically just like a double towel, and it's just so much easier to dry off. And you, it's just like I struggle. I'm not even that big of a dude. I'm like 5'10 or whatever. And when, every time I use a bath towel, it's just like a hassle to like dry myself off. But with bath sheets, it's like you're in a blanket and you dry off. So if you have, if you don't know what a bath sheet is, go to Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever and buy a couple right now and you'll never go back. So those are two tips to better your bath experience, bath time experience. I promise you, you won't go wrong with either of those. Well, I would just like to first start off by saying I am here to 100% enforce the stigma of anyone, male or female taking a bath ever. As Kramer from Seinfeld put it best, it's disgusting. I'm sitting there in a tepid pool of my own filth. 
all <laughs> kinds of microscopic parasites and organisms having sex all around me. Okay, and- but here's the thing. I'm not saying go in a bath when you're all like gross and dirty. Like obviously like right after you work out, like no. But second part, when you're done with your bath, you just let it drain, you stand up and you rinse off in the shower. So it's not I'm not talking to to So uh, a shower uh, slash bath. But but a bath shower. Bath first and then shower. So you, you relax and then you get up and then you clean yourself in the shower. Not shower bath, know. bath shower. I don't know, man. Down here in Phoenix, water's pretty hard to come by, so I don't think uh, I don't think that would go over too well with uh, my uh, utilities bill. Okay, that's fair. But every once in a drought. while, I'm telling you, bath. Everyone are, else that's not in the drought. Ache. I'm a full-on bath guy. As I'm not really a bath guy. Not because I hate baths. I just don't have the patience for it. Well, try meditation, Kevin. Anything else with your bath? No, I'm I'm done with my bath time rant. But both of those are excellent points, and if you're listening, you should you should engage in both of those. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm sti- I'm stealing this kind of theme from you, David. I want to talk about driving real quick. Do it. And maybe you've already kind of talked about this, but I'm getting fed up with people cutting in line, and what I'm talking about with cutting is. When you're merging over from one freeway to the other, you're usually going to see a whole stack of cars lined up trying to merge to like the 405 to the 101, for example, or the 110 to the 10. And it's just causing these traffic jams. Where is the etiquette? If everyone got in line, it would move so much more fluid. You don't cut someone in line at like a fast food restaurant but apparently when you're in a car, all of a sudden it's okay to cut. You see people driving in the emergency lanes just to get ahead and cut people. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but you're going to get to where you need to be on time. There's no reason to hold everyone else up. You're adding like 15 extra minutes just to change freeways. Just get in line. Just get in line. Yeah. I mean, and that, I, I agree. Uh, and that just adds road rage for everyone. But it also, you know, brings up my, my point I made a few podcasts ago. Traffic still doesn't make sense. Why doesn't everyone just go? There would be no waiting in line if everyone just went. Well, you get because people drive. No, I don't care about merging. I don't care about on ramps. Just go. And there's no traffic. It's that simple. Just drive. David is on some big brain stuff right now. I can't even comprehend. I don't no, care about the analytics of traffic. I don't care. It's not, I, I don't care about the science of it. If you just go, there's no traffic. It's that simple. Yeah. All right. I have another hot take. Ketchup is the most overrated condiment. That's oh, terrible. I'm with you on that hundred percent. Mm, it depends on what, like, are ketchup. we talking about like ketchup on a, like you need ketchup on a, on a cheeseburger. I mean, unless you're going Ugh. like gourmet and you put like mayo on it. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'd rather use like a garlic aioli sauce or some Thousand Island. What about on fries? I prefer mustard. Mustard on fries? On fries? Yeah. Honey mustard, you mean? What, what is wrong? Any mustard. Please the word honey, please. Yeah, any or, must like yellow mustard? Yeah. 
I've literally never heard of that. No, dude, what? That, I mean, that's worse than the people that dip their pizza in ranch. I mean, that's just okay. Well, Oof. pizza on ranch is delicious, but let's not let's not get off the point. Oh, that's that, that, okay. That this fool dips his fries in yellow mustard. Yeah, dude, nope. you're kind of getting cooked right now for that one. Don't knock it till you try it. I, I don't think I'm gonna try don't it. Don't need to try it. I know exactly what it would taste like. Ketchup serves one purpose, and that's to be the base of barbecue sauce, and that's basically it. Ketchup, that's all it's good for is to turn itself into barbecue sauce. Oh, God. There's just so much conflicting stuff on here right now. I don't even know where to which one to attack. All right, real quick, I'm just going to say it. There's, like, a few good condiments. It's uh, buffalo sauce, ranch, barbecue sauce, the fancy sauces you get at, like, steakhouses, and I'm not talking A1. And uh, eh, that garlic aioli stuff's pretty good. And that's about it. Ketchup, mustard, relish, throw them by the wayside. I have no use for them. Get them away from me. Okay, what about on your hot dog? Build your hot dog. I eat dog. my hot dog plain. Plain. Hot, plain. If a hot plain? dog's good, it should – Dude, if a hot dog's good, you shouldn't need any condiments. If a burger's good, what? no condiments. If a, if a pizza's what good – What is happening? If a pizza's good, it needs nothing but cheese. Look what at, is look, happening my, my right boy, now? My boy – my boy, Davey Pageviews, Barstool Sports, El Presidente, every pizza review, cheese pizza. Good food, doesn't need any toppings. Okay, but you're just distracting from the fact that you don't put anything on your hot dog. We're not talking about pizza I now. Don't. We're talking about hot dogs. Oh, I'm going to own it. I, I don't put anything on my hot dogs. I never have. In fact, here's how weird I am. When I was a little it's, kid, I used how to is it peel not the skin dry. off the hot dogs. Okay, that's Because the that's hot dog the whole... moist. It's like nice and juicy. It's a good, nice, juicy hot dog, man. I'm telling you, oh. you got to try it. You'll really <laughs> so appreciate You'll get what to What's happening on this podcast right now? That's how I know Dodger dogs are good, man. I don't need anything on them. Those are the only hot dogs I eat. No, okay. The proper way to eat a Dodger dog is with mustard, relish, and onions. Agreed, agreed. Mm. That is exactly how I roll. No ketchup. Yeah, I oh, don't no. like ketchup on hot dogs. Mustard on hot dogs. Give me that puppy plane. I want But not mustard on it. fries, dude. You guys are eating fries with mustard and nothing on your no. hot dogs? Hey, I'm not eating anything on my fries except for ranch and buffalo sauce, so I'm absolved from this one. Whew. I mean, All right, I'm in tears right now. <laughs> um, we got a few minutes left, so is there anything else you wanted to share? Any hot, to- hot takes? You know what? I'd just like to throw this one out there now that we're yeah, just on do the it. topic of do food. It. I had in and out today, and I'm going to tell you what my in and out order is. Ready? It's a three by one, so three pieces of meat, one piece of cheese, because, you know, I'm not trying to add all those extra calories. Um, the sauce and grilled onions only. No lettuce, no tomato, no, you know, anything. Just give me the meat, give me the cheese, give me the sauce, throw on some sauteed onions, and just give me the fries. I don't want any of that animal-style crap. Give it to me simple, and I'm going to be happy. Okay, I don't hate that. That's that's acceptable. Okay. But I, I prefer I, I'm not a big tomatoes guy either. Like I'm I'm not sure why we put tomatoes on, on stuff in general. Tomatoes are healthy. I'm also, I'm also gonna put this one out there real quick with fries. Alfredo sauce warmed oh my up God. with fries is not the worst, actually, to be honest. What in the world are you guys doing with your food? Okay, dude, at the dining hall one time, I had some leftover pasta sauce, and I got some curly fries, and I dipped them just to try it, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I have no it interest. It was like I was traveling in different dimensions, like with, you know, Italy, 
America. It was beautiful. You can't see right now, but my eyes are closed and my hands are on my face. I have no words. <laughs> All right. We're almost out of time here, so that's I'll that's good quick, for everyone listening to this right now. Do a quick shout out to this bad take from six years ago. The article is Justin Turner is not the answer at second base. And they're not talking about defensively. They're talking about actually Justin Turner is not an answer in the lineup when you read the article. The author states Alex Guerrero is the future and Justin Turner will never be a suitable suitable replacement for Mark Ellis. Just hilarious. Yeah, Mark, Mark Ellis. Mark Throwback Ellis. to Alex Guerrero. Didn't he fight someone? Yep. He bit off like Miguel Olivo's ear. That's right. My, my man he, went full Mike bit, Tyson in the clubhouse. He got his ear bit. He got, he got his, his ear bit, bit. right? Yeah. Dude, they paid him a lot of money to do nothing. Yeah. Same with, uh, who was that other guy? Hector Oliveria. Yeah. Never played a game with the Dodgers. Man, what a disaster. And Yadier oh, Alvarez so is the next one in that in that line. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm really glad. Yeah, CL Sierra, yeah. I'm glad Ned Coletti's uh, in Sportsnet LA right now. Good guy. Love him. But, yeah. oh, that was those were some tough years. But, um, yeah, I read that article at first. I'm like, oh, well, he's not the answer at second base. And then I read it. I'm like, Dude, this is just like an opinion piece with uh, nothing to go on behind it. What the heck? I mean, they weren't terribly wrong from their title, but I haven't actually read the article, so. Oof, it was, it was tough. All right. Looks like we're out of time for this episode of The Incline. Make sure to follow Dodgers Lowdown on Twitter, Facebook. Follow The Incline Pod on Twitter and Facebook as well. Everyone have a great week ahead. We are
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.